Blog Talk Radio. The Pipe Bomb Radio Network proudly presents Pipe Bomb Radio, the show with the freshest insights, interviews, and opinions on the world of professional wrestling. With your host, El Jefe, Felix Oledo. The Godfather, Nate Milton. Godfather's in the house. And the Aztec Warrior, Alex Cruz. I'm an Aztec Warrior. So sit back and relax, because Pipe Bomb Radio goes live now. It's showtime, folks! Welcome, everybody, to Pipe Bomb Radio. We are back for, I guess you could say, another off-the-cuff episode. I guess we might as well just start branding it something different because when we pull away from doing our guests, but we have our guests on the show, we tend to go off the grid a bit, or off the cuff, I like to call it, and talk about what's going on in this crazy world we live in. And now that we've got more time, I wonder if that's a smart idea. We're going to let the mics uh, be open and, uh, well, Whenever we get Nate and Alex together, you know, father and son, you never know what the hell's going to happen. In the meantime, I know, as always, joined early this time. This is actually a first in, a, what, I think almost a month now, that Alex is on time, and this time, Nate is not. Hmm, go figure. All right, nonetheless, welcome everybody to the show, and here is my good buddy, my pal, Alex. What's up, Nate? How are we doing tonight? Did you just call me Nate? Really? Really? <laughs> hey, you know what? I, did I that cannot believe that. No, you didn't. No, you because... seriously thought I was Nate. No, I didn't think you were Nate. I know who you Although are. Although I can't. I was about to say, because him and I have dis- distinct different voices. And anyways, how you doing, pal? How's, how's your week been? I see you've been traveling quite a uh, bit. Everything's, everything's good, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We're live on Facebook right now. Um, I got up to 14 uh, viewers already. We're live with Pipe Bomb Radio, man. I'm gonna, we're going to try to do this thing a little different. We're going to have some uh, some interaction from all the from all the viewers and whatnot on Facebook and social media, and we're going to go ahead and see if we can do Pipe Bomb Radio a little bit differently. So um, once I get everything kind of working, going, you know, we're going to make this thing happen, man. Are you an organized person, or are you just full of chaos? I'm always full I'm of chaos, kidding. man. <laughs> You you, you kind of <laughs> hesitated to answer that one, so. <laughs> I get a little hesitation. But, uh, no, that's cool. But I'm excited, man. I'm I'm glad to be back, and I'm glad that we're doing this thing again, and uh, I think we're going to have a good good day full of fun. So uh, let's get rolling, man. Once Nate makes his, uh, his entrance, we should be good to go. Yeah, leave it to the Godfather. I wonder if he's going to be making this stuff in here like the Godfather did, wearing the mink coats and, and having Ice Cube by his side. Yeah, Ice Cube, not Ice Cube, Ice Tea by his side, excuse me. Although it would have been cool to see Cube with us too. But anyways, that's another story. Now there was a lot we, we we could. There was a lot to be covered in the last couple of times we've been on. We just didn't have the time to actually go over it, and even got cut off quite a few times. But I will say I don't mind opening the mics to to uh, viewers or listeners that matter to to chime in and their thoughts on the not only the world of professional wrestling but also. 
you know, what's going on in the world. I mean, everything, this is mass destruction going on around from Mexico to, to Texas to, uh, to Florida and certain parts of the, uh, well, of the, of the, of the, I guess you would call it the, the East coast or Southeast, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, I'm not yeah. sure if it affected uh, New Orleans or not, but I know New Orleans is not unfamiliar to devastation as obviously we all know about Katrina from way back when, but right. Right. I yeah. mean, what, I mean, what, do you, what were your thoughts on that? Did you guys get affected pretty bad or? No, no, no. Uh, fortunately we didn't have anything really as far as Irma was concerned, but uh, as far as, as far as, you know, I have a lot of friends and, 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 you know, brothers and sisters in the business over in Florida and, and uh, also in Puerto Rico where I just, where I just visited and recently wrestled and, you know, a lot of them are still dealing with power outages. So my heart definitely goes out to everybody yeah. uh, who was impacted by Hurricane Irma. And uh, it's 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 unfortunate because it's Harvey hits, then you have Irma, and then you still have another one out there in the in the Atlantic. And hopefully, this all just kind of comes to an end. It's been a rough summer, a uh, very wet summer. And um, you know, our, our prayers and our hearts and thoughts go out with everybody who is, is currently dealing with this because, again. Uh, I went through Hurricane Katrina in 2005, and I knew how hard it was for my parents and my family and myself yeah. with the transitions and the cleanup. And um, you know, yeah. so so everyone's thoughts and and prayers are with everybody. But we also need to take action as well. And you know, if we can donate anything and or or send any kind of supplies or food or anything that that we can do to to help, every every little bit counts. So. Absolutely, absolutely. But I got to ask you before we bring Nate on here, since you were in Puerto Rico. It brought me back to a story that, that I would say it was Ric Flair that might have said it. Ric Flair in his in, in induction speech for uh, Roddy Piper. If I'm not mistaken, he said that he, mentioned, he and Piper went to Puerto Rico. And he said those – the fan, well, of course, this was 30 years ago. But, I mean, I'm, I like to think that the fans are still the same in the sense that they have so much passion for, for professional wrestling that they really – I mean, they get emotionally invested – into it and almost to the sense where it riots tend to break out. I'm not sure if it's that crazy now, but back then I can imagine it would have been. I mean, what's what's the atmosphere like in the wrestling business out in Puerto Rico, at least from your perspective when you were there? The atmosphere is great, man. The atmosphere in Puerto Rico is uh, – is, uh, I'm telling you, man, I'm trying to do this thing on, on an iPad right now, and uh, and I totally just typoed pretty bad. I'm like, hey, can, can you all hear the phone? And I put, can you all hear the hate on accident? So uh, that's always wonderful. <laughs> um, like, hey, can you hear the hate that we have going on? Uh, but no, um, yeah, we have some bunch you know, of haters over here, you know. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, you, you know, it's unfortunate because um, you know Puerto Rico is such a beautiful place, and um, and and what really gets me is how that country is filled with beauty and with scenery and and people who take pride uh, in where they live. I mean, it's. So many areas are just, are, you know, you just see so many hard, hardworking people and you see so many people that, um, you know, they make their living out with their little thrift shops and people who, you know, their restaurants and everything. It's just such a cool place to live. People are outside and spending a lot of the majority of time outside. Um, so so I, I know that the culture there is, is really, truly based on, you know, hardworking, blue-collar style people. But from what I know, from some of the people who are out there in Puerto Rico and friends that I have, they didn't get too much damage as, as what they expected. Just a lot of rain, some, some, uh, a lot of wind damage. So, you know, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's just kind of where, where they are with that. But I mean, I think the recovery process is, is going well for a lot of people getting their power back up, but you know, one step at a time, right? 
And ladies and gentlemen, the Godfather is in the house. What's going on, Nate? What's going on, brothers? Uh, uh, forgive me if, if I sound a, a little uh, hoarse tonight. Uh, I've, I've been trying really hard to breathe. It's almost like a, a tiny Japanese pirate lady came off the top rope and elbow dropped my whole solar plexus region. Damn. All right, that bad. I'm not really descriptive with that, too. <laughs> uh, what's going on, boys? Not much. I wear, if, if you didn't know, we are live on Facebook um, on, uh, with Alex. Uh, he's trying to be a multitasker, but I think it's going to be a little chaotic. And I think it'll be fun at the same time, as you know. Your son, your, your son is me, chaotic in a sense, but, you know, I think you've you got to keep him under control now. So, you know. And it's got it's to be hard to type on that iPad holding that championship belt up. It's got to gotta get in the way. Oh, bum, bum. hello, champ. The champ is in the house. Hey, hey, yeah, I don't want to hear much, okay. you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I didn't rob anybody, okay? <laughs> oh, look, here's the thing, look, I'm dealing with two different people, I got, I got somebody saying that uh, somebody got robbed, I'm like, I didn't rob anybody, they robbed themselves, as far as I'm concerned, my belt is put away right now, I don't need it here, people know, so, uh, we're good, man, but hey, no, Nate, I'm, I'm glad to hear you, and uh, I'm glad to... Glad to finally be back on, and we know we won't get cut short tonight. Well, man, we have we have a lot to talk about. Oh, we go uh, in, in honor of uh, I would say in honor of uh, the the recently uh, or I guess still recovering uh, Nature Boy Ric Flair. We we go on Broadway tonight, so it's we 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 go in the full time limit. Woo! Oh yeah, all the way. We go we go in the full time limit, and then a little longer. <laughs> We ain't styling and profiling, but I mean, hey. So, did you guys catch SmackDown tonight? Oh man, I did. I, I just, I just finished watching it. I mean, the world of wrestling right now has been crazy, and I'm so excited to catch up on it. I mean, I feel like we have like three months of wrestling to talk, but let's just kind of keep it within the last couple of weeks because I'm sure we can't rewind everything that's happened. But yeah, SmackDown was definitely interesting tonight. That's for sure. Okay, and question for both of you guys, and for those who are listening, if they're able to chime in on this. Do you guys feel that SmackDown has been the better show? And oh, no, no, this is a two-part question here, because they seem to have thrived on having just better matches, at least from my perspective. They've had better matches in a shorter time with the two hours span that they have. And they even had, I mean, they didn't have as big a star power as Raw, but they used what they had, and they ran with it. They had decent side power, not to love them. And then they lose Cena. And then I think, uh, if anything, I think uh, Asuka is going to be moving to Raw. And then, yeah. you know, just little changes here and there that have been going on from SmackDown, and now Shane McMahon's off TV temporarily. I mean, from my perspective, with the, with the brand split, SmackDown Live has been doing much better than Raw, and Raw's got longer time frames to, to pull it off, but they just, ha- they just haven't. I mean, don't get me wrong. Raw has had, at least building into No Mercy, they, they, they've been doing pretty doggone good. And, yes, even your 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 boys' confrontation with uh, Roman Reigns there, Alex, has been interesting to watch. And <laughs> the reality of it all tends to make it always interesting because you, you blur yeah. the line between reality and, and, and what's not. Go ahead. I need okay, to look, really I'm, I'm, I'm going to – I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna cut you off right there. I'm just gonna start chopping this tree down right off the bat. So, uh, your, your your initial question that you're talking about is, 
has SmackDown, you know, has SmackDown been the better show as of late? So it, it is a two-part question. Yes, it has, but now ratings have dropped. Why have ratings dropped? Because yes, John Cena has jumped over the Raw. John, you know, love him, hate him, however you want to look at it, John Cena is love the man with the ratings. Well, hey, you, you know, you can't, you can't deny that. You can't deny it at all. John Cena provides ratings, and then right now, this rivalry is getting so personal that it, it's almost must-see TV right now. You have to see. You know, we're all waiting to see how is John Cena going to put down Roman Reigns yet again in a, in a promo bat battle and whatnot. So um, it's it's the show to watch right now. I mean, Raw Raw is the show to watch right now. Thank you, big thank you to John Cena because again, while John Cena was on SmackDown, he made it relevant, and now you're looking at the whole situation mm, where John Cena. I don't know Hang on, hang on. Think about it. Okay. John Cena and Nakamura, did, did everybody in the world tune in that night? Yes. And once again, that beat Raw in the ratings. But now that John Cena has jumped, that's where all the viewers are going currently. Don't get me wrong. I think when it comes to quality of matches, you are looking at Raw. You know, SmackDown is, is putting some great matches together. The Usos and The New Day, you can't top their matches. Their matches right now have been instant classics. They've been great. The rivalry's been awesome. Some of the best tag work that you're seeing right now on WWE. Um, then obviously, you know AJ Styles, Ty, D- Ty Dillinger. That's a great. That, that's some great matches that I think is being ruined by interference. But that's just how it, how it goes. Um, and then on Raw, I mean, think about it. Raw, it's, it's, yeah, you got Roman Reigns and you have um, you know the whole rivalry with John Cena brewing up, and now Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, which everybody wants to see. So it's like I think they're starting to overload Raw again. So then it can kind of balance out because it's been it's been really off balance lately. So that's my thought. Mm. Yep. Oh, man, I think uh, I think Alex is Alex is partly right. I think uh, Cena being on Raw is definitely a big deal. He's still one of the top draws, if not the top draw in the company. And there's a reason why he's on Raw, and and I think it's a to uh, boost ratings. And B, like, it's no coincidence that Cena came back right around the time football is back. And and every year, Raw seems to take a hit when football returns. So I think that's a big part of, you know, we want Cena on Monday nights to go up against not just Roman, but against the NFL. Uh, So I think, yeah, Raw seems to be a bigger deal. Uh, In terms of what's the better show, I'll say this. I think Raw has the highest highs, but SmackDown to me is a more consistent show. Like Raw, you can go from, yeah. you know, a segment that's a 10 to a segment that's a 3 in the span of that three hours. With SmackDown, I'd say it's like it's a consistent 7. It's a solid 7 for the entire two hours. So mm-hmm. I think Raw has your highest highs, but if we're talking consistency, I think SmackDown may be the more consistent product. Fair, fair analysis there from our, our, our man here, Nate. And here's the situation, guys, and I've been saying – I've said this off and on uh, through the years, and if they're going to continue to go re- rely on John Cena, and I'm not bashing him. First off, let me clear this up so, so Alex don't has a, doesn't have a tizzy fit. I'm not bashing him uh, in any way, but the man is already 40 years old. First off, let me finish. I'm not done yet. Secondly, how much longer can they continue to rely on this man to, to do this? He's going to do this in his 50s? I'm pretty sure he's going to want to start hanging it up, so they're going to have to start pushing somebody to get to his level. Question is, who? 
Obviously, Roman Reigns ain't doing it. He ain't got the mustard if they had to put him on there and have Cena blasted for not doing his job, wink, wink. And then then what? Who are they? They, they can't constantly rely on this man to come back every time, not to say that he wouldn't do it. But then the second, my other point with this is that there's going to come a time. It's been 15 years. There's going to come a time. You watch. They're going to get tired of having to see him come back every time they feel like they're suffering in the ratings. Cena's not going to always be that draw. And there's going to come a time people are going to get bored of it. It happens. Look at what happened to Hogan. After a while, people got tired of it. And he kept coming back, and they, kept, they started to the, to, and it's a red, the red and yellow thing before he transitioned into the NWO. But that aside, obviously it's a different situation, different era. My point is, if they're going to want to build future stars, quit going back to the ones they've had before. I, got, I, get it, I get it. If the formula is working, keep with it. But for how long are you going to keep with it before it becomes stale and boring? Again, I'm not bashing Cena. And just let's be clear. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it's not even Cena's fault. It's the fault of the company that over the past decade, they have not really built guys that are either at the level or close to the level that can be raised up, you know, and, and the guys they have had, they've had bad luck with. You know, you talk about somebody like Punk, who's no longer with the company, somebody like Daniel Bryan, who unfortunately is not able to wrestle right now. So, like, it, it's it's a one-two punch that I, that I think they've had, Felix and Alex, that, A, they haven't really invested in a lot of these younger stars, and, B, the guys that actually got over with the fans, they, they've had some bad luck when, when it comes to maintaining those stars. Mm-hmm. Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, injuries. I know you got to be itching to tell me something there. What? I know you got to be itching to tell me something there because I'm pretty sure you didn't like what I had to say. I'm kidding, but <laughs> hey, you, hey, you got something to say. Let's, let's hear it, Sunshine. Let's hear it. Every, you know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, and, and you got to look at it right now. Injuries. Injury is an unfortunate thing, you know, and, and it's going to happen. I mean, you, you took away Daniel Bryan at the peak of his career. Injuries took him out. Uh, you know, look at Finn Balor. He was just about to have a title run, and, you know, he ended up needing shoulder surgery. Um, yep. All these different things changes. So while a lot of people pick one guy and they're riding his coattails for a long time, what happens when injury removes them out of the equation. What happens when things change and then you have to basically reorganize the plan that you had initially and you're looking in, you know, you're almost like looking in your bag, like who am I going to pull out to, to replace this guy? And it gets hard. Um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think, you know, so you're talking about, oh, they, they keep on having to bring back John Cena because other people can't do their job or people say that John Cena can't do his job correctly. Here's the thing. The thing is, no matter where or what John Cena does, okay, people, but are people really tired of John Cena, or is it just now he's in that Kurt Angle level to where the whole John Cena sucks thing is now just part of the character? It's, it's part of Kurt Angle's theme song. It's now part of John Cena's theme song. You can hear people still cheer him. It doesn't matter if you boo John Cena the entire time because those people who are booing him, when John Cena stops to do the five-knuckle shuffle, they're all the ones with their hands in the air saying, you can't see me. (laughs) John Cena sells tickets. John Cena gets reaction, and wrestling is all about reaction. We learn it. 
Our, my trainers teach it. I've been taught it. Wrestling is about reaction. If the fans keep reacting, then guess what? That wrestler's doing their job. Roman Reigns is an incredible talent. How much longer can he have, though? How much longer does he have left in the tank to keep? How much longer can okay. Cena go before they eventually get tired of this? I'm just, I'm just, I'm being honest, man. I mean, because there's going to come a time where he's going to, he's right. going to be brought back for the umpteenth million time, and they're going to be like, okay, they're bringing this dude back again. Okay, and then what? What's he going to do that he hasn't already done? He has nothing left to prove. Okay, but that's the thing. If the matches make sense, then it's okay to bring him back. John Cena can take a step back and come back. He still doesn't lose a step. He's in great shape. He takes care of himself. I mean, obviously, a lot of his injuries injuries haven't been anything that are are real real career-threatening. I mean, minus his neck surgery, which was pretty intense. But, I mean, you've got to look at it in those senses. I mean, John Cena still, he can still roll. He's already been, he's been in it mm-hmm. once in the WWE since 2002. So you're looking at 15 years. Yeah. And, and, I mean, he still has, I mean, he's, he's just hitting 40. I mean, he still has a good five, at least a good five good years left before he really has to go, quote, unquote, part-time. But what frustrates me is that people want to sit there mm-hmm. all the time and say, oh, he's a part-timer. Oh, or The Rock was a part-timer. John Cena has gone and given everything he's had for the last 10, well, 12, like to get, 13 like years. People like to bitch about it anyways, you know. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but you got to People like to bitch about everything. Have, no, I, I know. People want to people complain about everything, but when you have someone sacrificing himself for 12 to 13 consistent years, and then the last two years he's starting to, like, take some steps back or whatnot, and people want to pull the part-time sure. thing, he's had a successful career. It doesn't matter what he does. Again, I think he's too invested with a lot of the, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation type stuff and, and all the charitable uh, organizations mm-hmm. that he works for to where I don't think he's going to go heel. And if he does, we might have a Hogan repeat, but that's longevity. But right now, he's changing sure. colors on his T-shirts. He's still doing the same old thing, still getting a reaction, so therefore it works. When people are walking away and not reacting to anything he's doing, then John Cena's not doing his job, and then they can get rid of him. But as of right now, he's getting a reaction. He's providing ratings. He's selling tickets, making money, selling his merchandise. What more can you ask for out of somebody? So, hey, I, Nate, I think he's still good. Hey Nate, I think I think uh, I could feel the passion and the, the the annoyance at the same time in in your son's voice. I think we <laughs> made a struck a nerve, and I'm I you know, but no, no, and you know what though, he answered he answered just the way I expected him to, and just the way I wanted him to because. If anybody will give me a straightforward answer, not saying that you don't, Nate, but we're, we're, we're from one perspective on, uh, of the map here, and he's on the other side of it, so he gives a better analysis in the sense of uh, obviously pointing out from a wrestler's perspective how it would work. It, it, it makes sense. I, I, I totally get that, and I agree with you because it's worked for a lot of people. Now, obviously, people want to refer to Cena as the Hogan of this generation, which is why I threw in that reference of Hogan after reaching a certain point with the red and yellow, people were getting tired of it. But we also have to look at the fact that this was right on the cusp of the attitude era when people were getting really tired of everything, and they needed to change, and they needed a little wink-wink attitude in their lives. That era will never be replicated again. But I still feel, yes, as Alex said, once he's not getting the reaction they had hoped, they're going to do something. They're going to tweak his character a little bit. They're going to reinvent him, so to speak. Maybe they'll give him back the doctor, doctor of Thelganomics. Maybe not, but I'm just saying. You know, there is going to come a point in time when people will get tired of it. Mark my words. Well, I think the thing that uh, the thing that makes Cena different, though, from Hogan, 
like they they have a lot of similarities, but the one thing about John Cena, and maybe this is something that separates him from pretty much every other top guy that WWF slash WWE's had, except for maybe Austin and maybe Rock, is John Cena is a guy that puts people over. You know, John Cena is a guy that he's going to get his share of wins, and he went through that whole Super Cena period, but especially now, we've seen him in the last couple of years, put over AJ Styles. You know, he's put over Kevin Owens. Sure. He's put over Nakamura. Sure. You know, and, and I, I, I'm pretty sure at no mercy he's going to end up putting over Roman Reigns to whatever extent the crowd will let him put Roman Reigns over, which is a whole other issue with this uh, feud right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I think John Cena, and, and it's funny that you and Alex are kind of going back and forth on this because sometimes, Felix, you know, it's that old cliche from the movies when, when uh, the, the hero runs into the villain, the villain's like, you know, we're not that different, you and I. John Cena is to a lot of these young fans. Like, John Cena will be to these young fans exactly what The Undertaker is to fans of you and my age. Like, John Cena's that of guy. Course. Now, The Undertaker was for I us. So it's, 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 or Stinger. Yeah. Uh, but, but, okay, so, so, but here's the thing. We're comparing, you're comparing so many, like, you're comparing Undertaker to Cena to Hogan. But you got to look at it. So, are we still on? I heard everybody get quiet. Yeah, we're still on. I think we lost. We might have okay, lost cool. Nate okay. connection, man. So, okay, so 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 here's the thing. So this is what, what frustrates me when people sit there. And you got to look at Hogan for what it was back then to where it is now. Hogan, with all due respect, I mean, I loved Hogan from the beginning all the way to the very end. From when I first found out who Hogan was, I mean, Grant, I wasn't alive by the start of his career, but by all the way oh, towards the oh. back end. Hey, sorry. Facts are facts. I'm a 90s baby. <laughs> anyway. So. <laughs> all right. So, so you got to look at it. Hogan was always doing the red and yellow, the say your prayers, yeah. eat your vitamins, the same move set. It, you know, that's all. But, but it, it's, it's, the, it's the evolution of wrestling. It's the evolution of time. As wrestling started transitioning to the Attitude Era and then, quote-unquote, when kayfabe died, um, people started kind of seeing into the whole gimmick thing and people started to understand what was going on and people were like, oh, wait, now we're getting tired of it, blah, blah, blah. So because of the kayfabe issue, which drives me nuts, but it, it almost kind of dealt Hogan a bad hand. So. At that point, people were getting tired of it, and they wanted to see change, and that's what they want out of John Cena. But the problem is this is where kayfabe does not work. This is where the fans can't get what they want because you can't, you can't overlook reality. Reality is John Cena is who he is. Are you really – you know, is it going to make sense for John Cena to, to, to be a heel? If, if John Cena does a heel turn, tell me what does that do? What does that do to his career? He's on the back end of his career. 15 years in, 16-time world champion, what is it going to do for his career? Okay, give him, give him maybe another year or so of, of a different type of relevance. But right now, he doesn't need sure. it because guess what? The crowd is still booing him as a babyface, and then there's still people cheering him. But the only people who are booing him are the smarts that are sitting here trying to just cause a little reaction, cause a little disruption. John Cena is who he is. He busts, He works hard. And you know what? Some people aren't going to like all of this stuff because, hey, you know, he's a, because he quote-unquote can't wrestle. But guess what? He does 
what he needs to do in the ring, and it's entertaining, and he's doing his job. And then again, you know, I mean, you can obviously tell he's not going to be around a full year or two nonstop. It's going to be on and off. So it's just, I don't know, it's just not, you know, this this is a, it's a huge thing. Yeah, it's not really a passing of the torch, but, I mean, maybe there's a little bit of truth behind this whole feud with Roman Reigns and John Cena, but you know what, at the end of the day, right now Cena's ratings, and it's going to be that way for a while. Because right now there is nobody else, I mean, that's going to be able to carry the WWE like John Cena. Roman Reigns, they tried, but he's not doing it. The crowd's not buying into it. And Roman Reigns is a great talent. I mean, i got to look at it from a wrestler's point of view. These guys are talented as can be. They're there for a reason. And at the end of the day, yes, I'm still a fan. But it's like, so I truly respect what they can do because they're there and we're not. But when you look at, you know, the fans' point of view, Fans, with all due respect, is what is ruining pro wrestling because they're snooping into spoilers. They're trying to dig too deep into things. They're thinking too far into it instead mm-hmm. of letting people entertain and, and look at the story that's being told, and that's what's frustrating. That's, what, that's what's ruining pro that's wrestling great. is the fans that are, that, are, that are looking too far deep into it and waiting for these hiccups and mistakes. So what? Enjoy it. You guys like watching Star Wars, right? You wouldn't like if I go freaking watch the movies and then go put it all over social media to tell you what happened. No. So just like people want to say, people want to say wrestling's fake. Guess what? Movies mm. are fake because guess what? Movies are just a story that someone's telling, and y'all are paying a bunch of money to go watch it. Same thing, except guess what? We're putting our bodies on the line day in day out, training hard to do it. And you know what? It's the people who would never get in the ring that are trying to ruin it. So. So what? Enjoy it for what it is. It is what it is. There's your pipe bomb for the night. Thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> and you know what? On that note, we will definitely we will definitely end this segment with the whole Cena thing uh, and put it behind us because my point was made, his point was made, Nate's point was made. I mean, it, it is what it is, and we'll see where it goes from here. Again, I have nothing against the dude. I really, I really don't. I was from the era of, of the Hokamania era. Unfortunately, I missed the, the Bruno era and the Bob Backlund era and so forth. Each era, they've had their superheroes and so forth, and each era has changed over the years, so I get that. Hogan, Bret Hart, uh, Stone Cold, John Cena, Randy Orton, and so on and so forth, CM Punk. Each ones have transitioned into who they, you know, they felt that the, the company felt that could lead the company into the new generation and so forth. Some failed. In fact, many failed. And some yep. have, stuck, stuck, uh, have been able to stand the test of time. There's the Hogan's, the Austin's, the, the, the Cena's. And then lurking and in the background are the guys, other guys like uh, Nate mentioned earlier, the Undertaker, or guys like a Stinger who have held, who have been the backbone or the conscience, if you will, of the company. So that's it. It, it is what it is. There's only so many people. There's only so many people that you can count on. I mean, at this point, just because of time, maybe two hands that have had a, a, a maybe like 10-plus-year career successfully as one person with a few tweaks sure. in between. You know, so, so th- I mean, if, if people can succeed in this business, why do we see so many guys come and go? Why do you see so many come and go? Only, only guys like The Undertaker – and John Cena, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, Sting, all these guys, they're the ones who actually have yeah. stood, 
to the test of time. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, what do you, I mean, at this point, it's, you know, people want to dog him, but he's still there and he's still carrying a company on his back. It's just as, you know, again, like the undertaker, you'll, you'll never see anything else like it, you know? And it's, it's, we are getting close to the end of an era, a true era. And sure. Where wrestling's going to go in the forward. I mean, forward, it's like, if, if the fans don't bury wrestling, then it's still going to be something worth watching. But, and, and I get frustrated about it because, you know, it, it's just the way it is. You know, you go to different parts of the country and they want different things. And, you know, some people just want to see a, a circus act. Some people want to see uh, an, uh, an, a gymnast act. Like, the wrestling for what it was is, is, is unfortunately slowly dying. And it shouldn't be that way because WWE is still keeping that, that legitimacy of what wrestling was and forever will be. But some people can't adapt, and that's why they don't last. That's why John Cena lasts. That's why guys like Austin, and that's why guys like, I mean, currently now, even guys like Roman Reigns and whatnot, they're going to have those long futures because of, you know, and the Finn Balors and all these other guys. And look at Nakamura and, and but even Dolph Ziggler. I mean, hey, Dolph Ziggler, that's another conversation of the night. And I totally agree with him. So when we get to that point, I'm ready to drop a couple more figures. Mike drops on that one, so let's just get there. Keep it going. We got two hours. I'm fired well, up. You know, let's go. Well, no, and, and we will definitely come back to that too, but I did want to touch on a couple of things. First off, <clears throat> switching switching channels here and, and moving over to Pop. I caught up on in my Impact shows, and first off, shout out to, to one of our former guests. Thanks to, to Alex for hooking that up. We saw your girl. Taya Valkyrie show up yeah. on Impact, and what an entrance! What an entrance! What an impact she made, so to speak. Wink, wink. It was great to see her yeah. on there, but I, 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 the, the thing is now, with Jeff Jarrett st- taking taking a step away from the company for a little bit, I mean, wh- what future does this company have now? This is something that's been asked quite a few number, quite a few times since. It's, well, hell, since the beginning. Who are we kidding? I mean, it's been asked since the beginning of this, the company when it was created. The, what future does this place have? And meanwhile, 15 plus years later, they're still standing. And people have had successful careers in that company and they've moved on and not moved to WWE for that matter. The AJ Styles, the Samoa Joes, the Bobby Roods, the Austin Aries, you know, they've all moved. Hell, even James Storm was there for about a cup of coffee, but I mean, he was there. And, and, and so yeah. lately with the, with the constant ramblings in the back, and obviously, like you said, these wrestling dirt sheets that have been reporting things that have been going on and supposedly by uh, Ed Norum or whatever his name is, uh, Anthem, the Anthem company are going to be looking to sell. I don't know if I want to believe that because until I see it happen, I don't believe it. So um, what are you guys' thoughts on, on, on GFW Impact? And, and, and Well, first off, let me retract. First off, do you guys dig the name? I was always keen more on the TNA as opposed to GFW. But then I've been watching uh, TNA a lot longer. So, look, Nate, you start because I've been rambling too much. I'm gonna get heated again. I'll, I'll go after you. Whatever you <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, you know, when, when it comes to the the name, like I, obviously I I am more familiar and used to TNA uh, for for a time period. Uh, people called me TNA because uh, I was such a such an advocate for the promotion. But I understand from a from a business standpoint why when Anthem acquired the company and, and they brought Jared in, why they would want to transition the name out. Because, uh, you know, TNA to somebody sitting in a corporate office that doesn't understand 
the wrestling business, you know, they they don't get the acronym, and, and it might be harder to open some doors in the business world with that name. So I get why they changed it. Uh, but in terms of, like, the news that's been coming out this week or the rumors or the allegations that the Anthem wants to sell or uh, Ed wants to get out of the wrestling business or, you know, they're looking to, you know, sell the tape library to the WWE, as long as there is wrestling and as long as there are sites to talk about wrestling and shows to talk about wrestling, there will be rumors of TNA's demise and GFW's demise. But I, I believe when when the world stops spinning, the only thing left will be cockroaches, Twinkies, and somewhere in some bingo hall in some corner of the planet, GFW will be running the show uh, because they are the company that cannot be killed. So I, I, I think they're always – in a state of flux, but I don't believe that they're going to be sold anytime soon. I might be wrong, but I just don't believe it. Uh, as far as the actual show goes, though, the shows have been really good lately. You know, you, when you talk about the, the talent coming in, like Taya, uh, like like Johnny Impact now, formerly Johnny Nitro. Uh, you know, when you when you got formerly John Morrison. <laughs> yeah, formerly John Morrison. Like when you you Johnny got uh, formerly Johnny Mundo. All of these. Guys from AAA, guys from Pro Wrestling Noah, like the the talent in Impact. It might not be the biggest names that you've heard of, but there's a lot of good guys and girls in this company. Uh, Jim Cornette being on has added to my enjoyment of the show. So Impact is actually a really good show right now, a really strong show, uh, at least on screen. I I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, but uh, yeah, the the on-screen product has been really good, I'd say, for the past month or so. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Are we ready for the passionate response from uh, from Alex now? Ooh, brace yourselves because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Let's go. <laughs> Let me go ahead and hit y'all with some knowledge on my thoughts on this. Got my pen in hand. I've been taking my notes over here. Okay. The one thing that they are keeping is impact, right? So we're still we're still hanging on to a traditional name that started from the get go. Am I a fan? You know. It, it, you can't use a term if it's not broke, don't fix it. But the thing is, I, I think, you know, Global Force Wrestling at first, when, you know, when they started up, they had they had a vision, and, and I don't know exactly if the, the, the original vision was accomplished, but then they went ahead and they, they merged with TNA, and apparently, you know, obviously TNA was almost bought out. We went through that whole era where TNA got bought, bought out by WWE, and then Anthem came in and kicked in, and then, the next thing you know, it's going to GFW. Um, you know, I, I still think forever and always people are going to call it TNA Impact. I still refer to it as TNA. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, but but here's the thing. If if people continue to watch it and, the, the, you know, they're drawing the, the, the money they need and the, the budget's good and they're doing everything on their end, right now they're putting in some very, very good quality stuff. I mean, I am enjoying the matches. Uh, I'm enjoying the, 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 you know, I can't wait to see, uh, yeah, I was about to say Mundo, but Johnny Impact and Low-Key this week, I mean, that's going to be really awesome. Um, I mean, I mean you got to look at it. They're making so many different matchups. I mean, we just saw, I mean, Eli Drake is champion. That is awesome. He is a talent on the mic. You know, I think right now also is, you know, uh, Global Force Wrestling is giving an opportunity for very talented independent wrestlers to finally get a platform to display their talent. And, and 
you know, and, and I forgot who was I talking to, uh, and 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 I apologize if if, I, if maybe I'm just not remembering this discussion. But I was just talking to somebody the other day, and remember, WWE used to always be looking for the the, the ex football player, the the bodybuilder, the guy with the great look, guy off the street who would look good in a set of tights, and we're going to train him to become a wrestler, and blah blah blah. We're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. We are. They are now looking for subject matter experts who are currently wrestling, who have years of experience. You know what? This was training the other night. This is what you know. One of one of our trainers was talking about. You know, and and they're looking for guys who have invested their time and their body and their blood, sweat, and tears, and they're pulling them into wrestling now. And these are the guys like your Nakamura's and your Johnny Gargano's and your Cien Almas, and, and, and all these guys that are, that, that, you know, let's look at, you know, all these different indie names that are coming in, your Bobby Fish, your, your Adam Coles, these guys are exactly the ones that they're pulling from because they are delivering. They're the ones who can make yeah. memorable matches. So GFW, I think they're on the right track because they're pulling very good indie talent and putting them on a show, and it's entertaining. So what – I mean, when you look at that aspect and Jim Cornette being there is great. I think it's awesome. I mean, I can listen to that guy talk for hours. Um, <laughs> it, it just, you know, it, it still brings back some good old passionate old school flair, and, and that man's a walking pipe bomb. So, I mean, hey, I, I think it's good, and I think they're on the right path. Um, I, I wasn't aware that, that uh, Jeff Jarrett walked away, well, is taking some time off. Um, I know there's a lot going on That's with uh, Triple A and and the mergers and whatnot, um, you know, the, sure. uh, there's, uh, you know, there, there's just so much going on. I mean, hey, that's wrestling, right? Politics and drama all the time. Amen, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but then, that the, you basically touched on a subject that I, I've been noticing happening quite a bit. Even so, in the sense that WWE was was digging into pro wrestling gorilla. I think uh, some uh, somebody showed up there. I can't remember the name. But I've seen somebody show up there. I believe even uh, AJ Styles showed up at NWA Wildside. If I'm correct on the name, correct me if I'm wrong. And so the, the guys are showing up on a lot of these indie certs. And uh, and yes, WWE has been monitoring quite closely. Obviously, the proof is in a pudding. Uh, Ring of Honor. Obviously, they would if they didn't, they wouldn't have had uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, all these guys, as you named you. They've been watching. They've been seeing what works, and obviously they've been monitoring Japan. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had uh, Shinsuke Nakamura or even Asuka coming over. The list goes on and on. So they're doing, in that formula, they're doing something right there, and they're bringing them in to help build the brand into something bigger, and it's been working. But that's where it goes back to the, to the subject that although they have them, now what are they going to do with them? Now, I'm not right. trying to analyze what they're going to do, nor is not my concern at this point in time. But the fact that they have them now, I want to see where it goes. Because I, am for one, I for one, am thrilled seeing Adam Cole and Bobby Fish and, um, I'm sorry, help me out with the third guy's name. I can't, I, I'm drawing a blank here. The other guy that was with them. Oh, O'Reilly. Lord help us. Yeah, O'Reilly. Yes, Kyle O'Reilly. Yes, my apologies there. And, 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 where they're gonna go? Are they gonna? I mean, and then there's always Drew Galloway, who who who's back in the company, or Drew Howard McIntyre, what do you want to call him? Uh, he's back in the company. 
So, I mean, they're, they're doing something right. I want to see where it's going. I, and Nate knows this for a fact, I have talked about for years how I just, I, I don't care for people being so damn supposedly knowledgeable about what, they, what should happen, what shouldn't happen in wrestling, and just enjoy it. Be a fan. That's what we get. That's what we are. We're all fans. What makes us any better than what the, than the actual experts in there showing us stuff? So yes, I've been I've had that display, that, that talk many times over the years on the show, in fact. And I tend to get a little heated with it because here's the thing: I like the surprises. I I didn't like having to read that. Oh, somebody's going to show up here, or gosh, WWE is going to be out of out of business soon, and the McMahons are just kind of just totally. Ruining the wrestling business, or Jeff Jarrett, or Karen Jarrett, or whoever. That whole thing of kayfabe, I do miss that era. I'm not gonna lie, Nate. Kayfabe was, well, it, it was, it was, it was worth watching because that was when fans really were fans. Now, we've got too many people that know they think they know more about wrestling than the actual people that are showing us the wrestling. Don't get me started. Than the promoters, than the stars. Yeah. <laughs> He's ready. He's ready to pull back and wind up another pitch and toss it that way. So you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, give. I'm gonna give him some more. I'm gonna give you some more ammunition, my friend. And I want you to tell me about. I want you to tell me about Dolph Ziggler. Damn it! What you got to say about Dolph? Let's hear it. Well, first of all, what do you guys think about Dolph, Dolph Ziggler? What do you think about the points he's making and this whole uh, this new. Uh, repackaging that they're claiming that WWE is doing. What are your thoughts on what you've seen so far? That's my question to you before I answer. Okay, Nate, please. You, you, enlighten us. Well, I think there was a wise man that, that once said, He matter of fact, he might have been a president, uh, that, that said, fool oh, me Lord. once, shame on me. Fool me twice. You ain't gonna fool me again. And, and that's <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's how I feel with Dolph Ziggler, man. Like obviously the dude is talented, but this particular story is a story that I feel we've been told with this guy before in, in various forms, and uh, you know it both when he's a babyface and when he's a heel. Like he's had the story where the company's holding him down, or for whatever reason the fans aren't behind him, or he's not getting the attention that he deserves, and. While I think Dolph is a great performer, I'm not invested in this story yet. Uh, they they could get me, uh, but as of right now, like I, I think there's so much more they could be doing with this dude because he's somebody who legitimately has a beef uh, that that you know we talked earlier about who are the younger guys that have been brought up, and this is a guy that if you look at his in ring work and uh, his skills on the mic. He probably should be, even though even though he's a former world champion, he probably should be a bigger star than he is right now. Uh, but I I just don't think this story is is connecting with me, and and I don't know if it's connecting with a lot of the fans out there. You, you know, I'm gonna go chime I, in on that and uh, touch on yeah, something real ahead. quick before you jump in, Alex, because I know you got ammunition ready to fire away. Him. But the thing is, too, I want to touch on this on the subject of mentioning a name, Cody Rhodes. He was floundering horribly. He had his highs. He had the highest of highs. He really did. And then the lowest of lows, then he was just flopping around like a fish out of water, not knowing where the hell he was going to go under the, the Stardust gimmick. And ultimately, he left. And what, look at him now. Look at what he's hmm. doing. He, he himself has said he's made more money away from the company 
than he ever did in the company. And that, you know, that says something in itself. Now, going into this issue with Dolph Ziggler, he, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry for saying this because this is not a knock on him. But the company basically has made him irrelevant since 2013. When he actually, that whole New York crowd reaction, I was, I was in yeah. New Jersey when this happened. And that electricity was ridiculous. But then again, the, the New York Jersey fans are always very extra passionate, let's just be honest. <laughs> However, the whole thing with Dolph, it leads me to think, and maybe he's even contemplating this, but maybe he needs to take, take a step away from the company and just, just do his own thing. Because clearly he is letting, he's not going anywhere with this and not really investing anything in him. They're making him out. They're putting him out there to put other guys over. Which again, I'm not complaining about because, I mean, if anybody is going to do it, you might as well have somebody who's the best at it to do it. Dolph is great at it, but at the same time, he needs to reinvent something. He needs something to change, the reinvention, a tweak, if you will. And maybe that tweak is to step away for a little while, get people that, you know, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. I think it would benefit him honestly because the way I see it right now. He's never going to be any more relevant than mid-card. And I hate to say that because he is so much better than that. And I just don't uh, think they're ever want to use You know, uh, all right. So uh, I'm looking at some of the feed that I'm getting from, from some of the people on here, some of the comments. Uh, sure. Jeremy is saying like on, yeah, J- Jeremy's saying online that, you know, it's the same. I'm going to say, hey, we're going to say words. It's the same crap when he was heel Ziggler. And, and you know, and, and, and I can, you know, I understand where he's coming from. Elio saying that he's not feeling the storyline they have him in. Um, but <laughs> you got to look at it, all right? Let's look at a couple points. So you're saying that he's not better than mid-card right now because of what he's doing. But here's the thing. Dolph Ziggler is probably one of the best in-ring performers they have right now. When it comes to everything he does, he is great. Is WWE yep. holding him back? Does he really need a, a gimmick change? But does this fall into the same category as the John Cena's and, uh, you know, all these different guys that, oh, they need a change or blah, blah, blah. I just think they need to do something better with Ziggler. I don't think he needs to walk away. Okay, Cody Rhodes and Dolph Ziggler, you got two different people, two different levels. Cody, Cody sure. Rhodes is very, very good. Don't get me wrong. But – Dolph Ziggler doesn't have to walk away. Dolph Ziggler, I mean, he, he doesn't have to go back into the indies. He, does, he doesn't need to. Dolph Ziggler is doing so much for the WWE, even on the outside, they're not just going to get rid of Ziggler. It's not going to happen. The thing is, Dolph Ziggler right now, I mean, yeah, they're saying, oh, we need to repackage him, blah, blah, blah. Let's look at what the message is right now. He's talking that everything right now is about the gimmick. Everything is about coming out and having balloons and streamers and pony rides and all this other thing and golf carts, whatever it may be, whatever it needs to get over, you have air balloons and neon lights and escorts or whatever it may be. The thing is that he's saying that nobody can do what he can do in the ring. And he's correct. There's a lot of guys that can't do what he can do in the ring. That is the argument right now. And this goes back to Jason Jordan. And I know I'm, I'm going out in left field, why is Jason Jordan sure. being booed right now? Why, can someone please tell me why he's getting booed? Is it because he's Kurt Angle's son? Or is it the fact that yeah. he can actually wrestle? Is it the fact that the man walks out with a theme song 
he looks like a million bucks, and he's an actual collegiate wrestler. He is an amateur wrestler. He can wrestle. Ziggler yeah. can wrestle. Is that the problem? Mm-hmm. That wrestlers are getting overlooked because they can wrestle and they're not a circus act? I mean, because they can't do flips and stuff? So that is, I, I mean, what, 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 is, what are we arguing about? What is, what is the entire WWE universe and what's all these wrestling fans complaining about? Are they complaining that, oh, Ziggler's just, you know, they just don't know WWE's holding them back? Or are we just not allow? Are we just not willing to accept the fact that these guys can work, that these guys can wrestle, that these guys are good at their craft? Do we? Are, are we just so consumed by the lights and the music and the flashiness and all this other stuff that we are not seeing yet again what it used to be, what wrestling used to be? We are people are being looked down upon because of their actual talent, and yeah, it's about cool entrances and a couple of cool moves or whatever it is, What, where are we right now? I mean, so I'm curious to see what they're going to do with Dolph Ziggler. I don't think they're going to, I mean, that we need to change his name and make him come out with something different. But, hey, I just think that he needs to he needs to get a push again. I think if they do it right, they can make it happen. I mean, why can't they? I mean, think about it. A couple of years ago, they just, they just put Sheamus back in the title picture when it was the most random thing in the world. Like, Sheamus won the title again once he got his little mohawk and his little d- dangly beard. I mean, if Sheamus can do it, Ziggler can surely do it. That's my thoughts on Ziggler. And please, Fair hey, enough. I mean, anybody, we all have our opinions on that. Anybody thing. watching Pipe Bomb Radio or listening in right now, and if you're watching me ramble my mouth on Facebook, please, there's a number attached to the link. Call us. Talk to us. Tell us what you think. This is what we're doing, man. We got tons of viewers tonight. Let's keep it going. <laughs> I, well, I should have bought four bottles of water. As long you have a bottle of what? You have a bottle of vodka? All right, call, cool your see, settle your tea kettles there. Water, <laughs> water. Just checking. Just checking. <laughs> My goodness, it's been quite a quite a rambunctious uh, night, and we're already uh, approaching into hour two here already. I can't even imagine what hour two is going to be like. Uh, this is what happens when you give us two hours, man. This is, you know, we, we go all the way live. Oh, Jesus. Don't even get me started running with all, all the way live. Uh, <laughs> please don't. Please don't. <laughs> got got, got uh, Nate referring to a movie, Eddie, and then you got you talking about Ultimate Warrior and Jesus, are we going in back in time? We got we got the DeLorean there somewhere that we can be taking the ride back into time here. <laughs> I got a question for you guys. Now, and it's gonna it, it is still concerning WWE, but here's the thing: all those years, and I only bring this up because I was just thinking about. Uh, anyway, the question being, Vince McMahon for a long time they didn't know he was the boss. Well. We as fans obviously clearly didn't know. We just thought he was a he was the announcer with the bad hair, and that would always get you know attacked by I don't know uh, Jesse Ventura or Bobby Heenan or whatever. All the while, as the years went on, they looked at him as the devil, the evil tyrannical boss man that uh, ran ran Titan Tower, and all those years later, and even he, he reinvented himself and took advantage of that with the Mister McMahon character. My point is. 
they just they see him as just the the just a total asshole. I mean, excuse my language, but see, truth be told. But years later now, obviously Seth and, and Hunter and, and even Shane are totally not looked at like that in a sense. Now, obviously, they're being embraced more as uh, good, you know, amazing leaders and looking to the future and building a brand even bigger than what Vince Jr., Vince Sr. all built up to this point. I wonder, I guess my question is, why do you feel that they're, that Steph and Hunter are being more embraced, or do you feel that they're being more embraced than Vince ever was? And do you think Vince purposely did that, or even Steph and Hunter purposely did that? Well, I think, uh, man, tri- Triple H is, and, and you kind of have to separate Triple H from Paul, because I think yeah. the Triple H character, like the character of Triple H still can get tremendous heat. You know, we saw that, what was it, a, a year ago now, uh, when he helped Kevin Owens win the title on Raw? At least, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, when we, when, when, when we saw, like, Triple H can still, as a character, get you to hate him. But when you look at what Paul Levesque, the dude, has done, you know, the, the corporate the corporate uh, person in, in the way that he's built up the Performance Center and NXT and, you know, made inroads in the UK and in all these other countries and, you know, tonight, I just got through watching the May Young Classic Finals. You know, that he had a big hand in that. So, it's, it's like the character is still as hateable as he ever was, but the guy has actually done some really good things to help forward the future of this company. You know, we were talking about who's going to be the future of this company, and I got to think a lot of what we're going to see over the next 10 years are seeds that Triple H has planted. And so... I think that, you know, they're not as hateable. Shane certainly is, is always going to get that, that baby face reaction. Stephanie's kind of hit or miss when she comes on. But I don't think they lean into it as much as Vince did. Like, Vince loves being the bad guy. Vince loves, you know, that whole Mr. McMahon character. Uh, so I think we've never seen, like, we hadn't seen a character like Vince before Vince. And we've had a lot of, variations on on the evil boss theme since but to me like that Vince McMahon character regardless of kind of my feelings about the man himself Vince McMahon and I've got some issues with him as a person but the character is, is one of the greatest creations to ever be put in this business you know you talk about the Attitude Era and, and Stone Cold and, and the corporation and, and how many great stories came out of that so uh, yeah Vince is still the, the, the most hateable boss uh in the world, if you ask me. Well, you okay. know, we're talking to man, and you're talking about how Triple H and all these guys are doing these different things to help uh, advance WWE. I have a question from somebody watching live on Facebook from uh, Mr. Don Swifter, and this is a question for you guys. He he asked, do you think Vince McMahon really, you know, um, getting beat up by Kevin Owens on WWE was a good idea? you feel that is something that was necessary or I mean, what's, what's your thought? Mm. Um, I'm actually, I'm, if you don't mind me chiming in real quick there, Nate, um, does he still need to? No, he does it because he wants to, he does it because 
let's just be honest, a stubborn old bastard will continue to go into the day he dies. <laughs> he would, cause he always aspired to be that wrestler, even though he could, he, he couldn't take a bump to save his life. And he falls like he's like a sack of potatoes back to the question. He did it because it adds another level to the rivalry between he and Shane. So necessary or not, Vince is more than happy to oblige. And he did it like sure. a trooper. I know he took a headbutt straight to the, I mean, uh, I mean, straight to his skull and busted him open. I mean, but everything he took, I mean, at, at this age with his with his health and the surgeries, I mean, is it necessary for him to physically get involved? I understand what they're trying to do, but I mean, what's 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 it ultimately going to lead to? I mean, you know, yeah, there's certain things that are that are good, but I mean, I I, I don't know, I don't I don't know how how I feel about it. You know, I mean, hopefully uh, we've somewhat answered your question, but I mean. It's it's a touchy subject, you know. I mean, you know, obviously we don't want to see stuff like that happen because I mean Vince is not as as uh as as you know physically capable of handling blows and hits like he used to. But I mean, still, um, sure. Just uh, you know, seeing him busted open and taking a frog splash from the top rope. I mean, that that's that's nerve wracking, you know. And and uh, I mean, yeah, it's it's. He's not it's your average seventy two year old though, my brother. He's not my. He's not your average seventy-two year old. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, what, what you think? I yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of with you guys. Like, I think did it need to happen? Was it necessary? No, uh, especially when you're talking about somebody at that age, as as genetically jacked as he may be. Uh, I, I I did cringe a little bit while watching the segment, but it it. If what we're going to, if what we're leading to is Shane versus Owens, there has to be a storyline reason for Shane to agree to a match with Kevin. So I get what they were doing. Uh, I just don't uh, – like, I, I spent a lot of time the past few weeks watching uh, Nitros from the year 2000 uh, for the review show Brian mm-hmm. Mann and I do. And one of the things that continually kind of makes me sad is watching Terry Funk matches from 2000. Because he's not, you know, he's not the Terry Funk of, of, you know, the 90s or the 80s or even the 70s. And it's like, man, like, I know this guy loves this and it's in his blood, but uh, does he really need to be in hardcore matches at WCW at this point? And that's kind of the same way I felt about Vince tonight, man. Like, you know, props to him for doing it. But, uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would play that card very sparingly if I were the company. But then it goes yeah, back to the mention of the fact that, when 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 King had his heart attack a few years ago, they swore off yep. of having people over sixty or even over that matter over fifty, with the exception of the Undertaker, competing. And you haven't seen it since. And you know Flair when he's out, he he wants to get in there and woo and style and profile and King too when he gets a chance. But then, obviously Vince is the boss, the, the owner of the company, so he's going to put himself at risk because he can. But then yes, in that instance, yes, it, it's not it's it's not it's not needed. But it adds a level of more it adds more personal to it. You attack my family verbally and now physically, so I'm gonna come and get you, and we're gonna put you in a cage or the hell in the cell or whatever the case. To add a new level of personal to this rivalry because it's continued to build over the last several months, and you can't get no more personal than when you're at, you're attacking a 72 year old man. Well, well, okay, so let me, let me let me ask this. So it's building mm-hmm. it's building up to potentially Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, correct? So. The last two matches, when Shane McMahon returned, his last couple of matches, okay, so we went 
We had Shane versus The Undertaker. We've had Shane versus AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. He lost both of those mm-hmm. matches. Now if we have Shane versus Kevin Owens, is Shane finally going to win a match? Is, is, is this what it's leading to? I mean, what, what does this do for the validation of Shane McMahon if he loses yet again to somebody else third time in a row since he's returned? And I mean, what? I mean, I mean, it's, so what? What are we going to? I mean, because obviously something's going to have to be done. So if Shane's going to get in a match, he's going to have to beat Kevin Owens. But then again, Kevin Owens is the most beatable option of the three guys that he's wrestled. Well, I mean, including Kevin Owens, um, AJ Styles. I didn't see him beating, which was an amazing match, though. Undertaker. We obviously knew that wasn't going to happen. Kevin Owens. Yes, it can happen. Uh, does it discredit Kevin Owens? I mean, for what's going on. Who knows? I mean, is Triple H going to get involved next? Because, I mean, you already beat up. Shane suspended for whatever reason the storyline is. So now it's like, does Shane come back next week? Uh, because of the, is it a, is it the uh, ah, suspension uplifted? Because now with Mc, Mc, Mr. McMahon getting hurt, um, you know, wh- wh- what are we looking at? Uh, is, is Triple H going to come back? Obviously, we saw Stephanie at the end of the show. So expect maybe Stephanie McMahon to come back into the picture. But, what what's it going to lead to? I mean, Shane is pretty much in a must-win situation if this match does happen. So, well, to mention to touch on what you're saying there, Shane McMahon's career is not necessarily defined. And I'm not I'm not saying that you refer to this in, in, in the instance, but his career was never really uh, defined upon wins and losses because clearly he's not the he doesn't have the best win-loss record at all, really. But yeah. Looking back on his career, he's he's put over a lot of the talent and also was able to show his own ability so people could take him seriously. Now, in regards to this match itself, I agree. It is a must-win for him. Really, it, does, it, does it matter? I mean, if he wins or not? Probably not. Because, again, you look at the matches he's had over the years. Randy Orton. That it just for that it comes to mind because he had a match with with Randy in to in coming to the defense of obviously attacking his sister, attacking his father, and that had to have been a must win because it got so personal. But nothing came of it, and he lost, and he never he ended up well he ended up leaving anyways. But that's irrelevant. So to come back and make this another level of personal. It's really not going to make a difference. People are going to want to be more emotionally invested and see Shane win it because they're that emotionally invested and because they love Shane. Now, they're still trying to, I mean, I think they want to build Kevin to another level of being a total massive, you know, heat seeker that he is. And by doing that is going after somebody that the company loves and the fans love like Shane McMahon. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Do you, do you put uh, one, one somebody uh, on 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 social media puts Triple H a special guest referee? What do you, what about that situation? Can you imagine that? I mean, the the very man who practically handed Kevin Owens a, a, a championship <laughs> in the same match with his brother-in-law and the man that he basically kind yeah, of but not go back to. I mean, yeah, but that'll go back to the fact of what, what Kevin was saying, has been saying all along, even though uh, Hunter is not necessarily an actual McMahon, he is a part of the family. And right. he, he, you think he would not go against his family? He would go against his family? Storyline or not? <laughs> I don't think it's a good idea. It would not be. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, the, the but, only way I would um, involve Triple H is 
if you have the scenario where Shane loses to Kevin Owens, because yeah, he should win this match, seeing after you know what what Kevin Owens did to his dad tonight. But if Shane does lose the match, then I want this to be a situation where the only person that can come and get the honor back, so to speak, for the family is Triple H. And then you you can tell the story of Triple H being somebody that saw potential in Kevin Owens, helped Kevin Owens win the Universal Title, and you know, you could build that to, you know, maybe a Survivor Series. Maybe have uh, that be one of the big matches of Survivor Series, Kevin Owens and Triple H. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, moving on to, let's see, what else have we missed on? Uh... Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal. What's it? Huh? Hmm. Well, we okay, 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 okay. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I get, I get you because that one. <laughs> here's the thing with that: the fans are so incredibly fickle when it comes to who they want as their champion, who they think deserves to be champion. He's this. He doesn't deserve this. Who the hell is he? And couple months down the line, I mean, he has not been a bad champion. He actually has been a very entertaining champion, even if he is, I mean, he is of Indian descent, but, I mean, he is, to be honest, he, he, from what I understand, he was born in Canada. Be yeah. that aside, irrelevant. Jesus, come on. I think we just talked about the fact that that died uh, back in the 90s. Thank you. Hey. Anyways. It's coming to uh, to bring it back. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I'll keep waiting for that, and I'll also keep waiting for never mind. Um, the thing is, coming Jinder, from the guy who, think, who, who thinks Undertaker has superpowers, yeah, okay. <laughs> Hate it. Hate it. His, his lightning bolts were real. They were real. He he really turned <laughs> the lights off with his powers. Well, go wipe your tears with that never give up towel that your boy always carries with him to the ring. Jesus. <laughs> no, but the thing is, the, the thing is with gender is what I was getting at is that, that was, that was almost as good own. as uh, Roman and Cena on the mic. <laughs> wow, I'm not a good I'm not a good trash talker. I freely admit that, but I know obviously he's always going to be it's going to be a soft spot with Cena with him always. So I know I can at least attack him with that. So. <laughs> But no, I mean, the, and, and you asked me about gender, and I think at this point they haven't had a relevant. Um, what am I thinking here? The international superstar champion in quite a number of years. Yeah. The the last one that I can think of that I feel like he really, I mean, truly one of the best ever. And I know I goes way too far back, even though we did have some in, in between. But the one that comes to mind for me would have been the Iron Sheik. Cheeky baby, you know, that dude, he got over so good. Still gets over. And the man is basically, he can't hardly walk. But he gets over because he he, he lived that character. You know, yeah. that, that <laughs> he was truly one of the best. And, he, he, you know, that's what I said. Since then, I don't believe since then, maybe there have been, but you guys can point them out, but hasn't been a relevant international champion since that I can think of that had garnered as much heat since Sheik. And gender is capable of doing that. I believe he is. I believe he would, carry, he would be benefit, beneficial for the company 
to have him as champion going into WrestleMania. Whether he loses it or not, depends against who. Randy don't need to win it. Shinsky, I think at one point or another, he's going to win it. Whether it's against gender or not. Yeah. It could be a cage. Well, you know, that, that match is now going into a cage. And, and yeah, it's going to be very interesting. But, yeah, once again, we go back to who can draw heat, who can draw reaction. The last few champions that SmackDown has, they have not been able to cut the mustard. They haven't. Everybody was all the heel champions, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. They were all getting cheered. They were still getting cheered when they were supposed to be booed. Then the Cena thing was short-lived. And then you have to look at Randy Orton for the short period of time. I mean, it was, it was just kind of like a, a transitional champion. Um, the crowd was just kind of like, eh, you know, we, 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 can, we can deal with this. And, and look, again, everybody watching on Facebook Live, everybody here on Pipe Bomb Radio listen in, we literally live and breathe the name of the show, Pipe Bomb Radio. We are entitled to our opinions as workers, as fans, as journalists. So if you can't like, if you don't like what we're, what we're saying or our opinions, hey, you can shove it. It's freedom of speech. That's what we fight for in America, right? <laughs> so now, now, let me get back to my point. So Randy Orton was almost kind of like a transitional champion, but here comes Jinder Mahal, a guy who clearly has earned his way into a title picture because he has de- devoted everything to his body, his physique, his work, and ha- it looks like a million bucks. But what does he have that nobody has had in the last several years? He has a diversity. He has a look that is not American. He has something that is a touchy spot. He wears a turban. He speaks a different language. He's from Indian descent. People at this point are not going to cheer for him because, one, with everything that's gone on in reality in the United States of America and all these different terrorist attacks and all this other stuff, that's what you're going to relate it to. This, is, this isn't just being racist or anything. This is reality. People are going to always – you can walk – you can sit in an airplane. If you see somebody wearing a turban, you're automatically going to sit there with your guard up thinking that they're going to blow up a plane. It's just, again, it's, it's the perception that people associate this with now just because of current events and things that have happened in the past. But when you look at it at its entirety, it's easy to boo Jinder Mahal. You're not going to have people who are going to cheer him because of, his, uh, because of his nationality. So WWE has hit the money on it because they have somebody that people are going to hate no matter what. You get USA chants. Every time that man grabs a microphone and says, I'm now going to talk to my people in the language of Punjabi, that is brilliant. Because guess what? Why are we going to cheer for someone who we can't understand? Why, why at this point do we get behind somebody who, you know, it's like he's not American. We're not going to cheer for him. He's Indian. He hates America. He thinks India is better than the United States of America. It's like, he doesn't believe in what we believe. He doesn't like what we like. He, he's against America, you know. So WWE is doing right with it. And, and I think that right now it's, he's serving the purpose, and he's doing a, an exceptional job. And I, I think he's going to hold on to the belt for a while. I, you know, I, I think that right now everybody wants Jinder Mahal to be champ- – I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Shinsuke, Shinsuke Nakamura to be champion so bad, but they're not going to give it to him just yet. 
just like John Cena wasn't able to beat AJ Styles right away when everybody thought it was going to happen. Jinder is doing way too good of a job. And, I mean, think about it. Uh, WrestleMania is still a good few months away. So as we get closer to that time, expect maybe a title change, I would say, to where you might get your Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles match at WrestleMania and what route it's going to go. But we don't know. Too much can happen at this point. But right now, Jinder Mahal and WWE, what they've done, it, it, it's been solid. I mean, you know, and, and, and you get you have somebody that people truly dislike and will root against no matter what he does. So, unfortunately, hey, they found a way to re- relate reality to wrestling at this point. Okay. I definitely want to, just going back to Raw a little bit, I definitely want to throw out a huge congrats to Miz and Maurice on the announcement of the new baby on the way. The most it baby of 2018, if you will. <laughs> the most it <But>, baby. <laughs> I guess. Well, okay. Considering the movie that's out right now, I guess it's maybe a poor choice of words, but you know. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It baby. So here's the thing. I got a question for you, Alex, because I know this is your girl. This is the. This is your. You you go, you go Gaga for this one, and that's Miss uh, Miss Alexa Bliss. Explain to me something. And I, I thought I was seeing this, in, in, in maybe Nate and I could see it related in this instance, but I was seeing potential as somebody that could lead the, the women's division on Raw in Sasha Banks. And I, don't, I still feel that deep down she still could. But the company has invested more so in Alexa Bliss, way more so than in Alexa Bliss than any other diva at this point or woman at this point that they've had, with the exception of Charlotte. And now they're bringing Asuka. Okay, I'm having Ooh, a hard time understanding team. what the fascination is. I know exactly. With the game team, with now you got me saying it. With the the, the fascination <laughs> is with Alexa Bliss that I'm just not seeing because to me I, I I'm missing the connection. I'm just <sighs> not digging it. If anything, if anything, if anything. Okay, God. first off, first off, here's the thing. Yes, she's beautiful. I will say that. But she reminds me of an annoying little four-year-old that is spoiled rotten, that can't get a damn right, and she's got to throw a tizzy fit. I just want to slap her and send her to a room. I'm sorry. Okay, so I, I'm right not now, digging it. Okay, the Raw Women's Division. Okay, so right now you're saying that you don't know why Sasha, you know, Sasha Banks was the one that you thought was going to be able to carry the Women's Division on Raw. And, 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 and they're not, they're not much letting like, her. No, no, they're not. But, okay, she, she had her opportunities, but you got to think in some ways, some people are able to capitalize on stuff and, and don't get me wrong. Sure. Sasha Banks is, uh, you know, she's an incredible talent, but let's look at Alexa bliss as a whole. Alexa bliss, not only looks amazing. Yes, she is beautiful, mm. but she is great on the mic. You can believe mm. everything she does. She's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where Alexa bliss is not only talented mm. in the ring, but she's talented as an entertainer. Think about her facials, her, her, her movements when she talks. Again, going yeah, back to a teenager who's not, spoiled rotten. And, 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 it works, <laughs> and it works. Think about it. But what we're preparing for, yes, is Asuka. We're preparing for Asuka to come in there and be – she's literally on track of being the women's version of Goldberg. She's undefeated since she's been in WWE. No one has beaten her. Who – Right now, in WWE, can beat Asuka. Now, at this point, 
we can say, oh, the first person that's going to come to mind, we're going to see Asuka and Charlotte. And, yeah, it might be Charlotte. That's the only thing you could really relatively see at this point. You know, they're going to have to be smart on who is the person to do it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to read for people right here. Uh, Ray Fury says she's fine, but she's not good. Who is fine but not good? Is it Sasha or, or, or uh, Alexa? You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, they're, they're getting a little antsy over here now that we're talking about the women's division. Um, but, but, again, I think <laughs> Alexa Bliss right now, Alexa Bliss is, is, yeah. is perfect in the role. But then, again, look, you got Nia Jax right now that, that is getting opportunity, but you think that Nia Jax would be the champion right now, but she's not yet. So, um, Ray Fury saying Alexa. I, you know, but that's what I think. Okay, yeah, but you got to look at, at, at Alexa Bliss as a whole. People say she's not good. She is good in the ring. No, no, I'm not taking. I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking anything away from her talent. Good. Yeah, she's not Charlotte, and she's not. She's not Bailey, and she's not Sasha. But here's the thing. Uh, unfortunately, you have to look at the total package. Everything that she's doing mm-hmm. is marketable and it's entertaining. I love Alexa Bliss promos, except the the God for sake, this is your life. Oh my lord, um, <laughs> that that is we don't want to relive that. But um, but yeah, you got to look at the whole thing. I mean, right now everything that Alexa's doing is is working. Um, but again, yeah. we are preparing for Oscar, and that is going to drastically change everything. Now that but, I uh, agree. You know, because I am a fan yeah. of Asuka, and I'm a fan of that whole uh, 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 it, the whole thing that needs it, it's a change. It's a change that needs to happen because the women's division on Raw has not been that entertaining in a long time. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that Charlotte has moved on to SmackDown. Charlotte and, and, and Sasha ruled. I think it was twenty. Yeah, I believe it was 2016. They ruled because they were main eventing pay per views. They were main eventing Raws. They were putting on amazing matches and then they, they get the same hopes for Bailey and then they, 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 they flounder because they don't believe, I don't know what the reason is to be honest, because she's I, just I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that it's, it's the Bailey, you know, with Bailey, I don't think it's so much the, 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 the talent. I think Bailey's, you know, she does well and she's able to do it. But here's another thing with Sasha Banks' injury. How many times has Sasha Banks have been injured when she was supposed to get a push, sure. there's only so many times True. they're going to allow you to do it until they're like, you know what, we don't have faith. So right now Alexa's healthy. She's marketable. Everybody, you know, is buying into it. She's, you know, as Meh. a champion, I mean, she's had good runs. Health is a big thing. If Meh. someone can't, if someone's not healthy enough, I mean, hey, that's why Sasha's not getting the spotlight. No, no, and, and, and yeah. I appreciate the honesty in that instance. And uh, I'm sorry, Nate, I know you were going to go chime in, so I'm going to let you go ahead and do that because I've been talking way too much already, too. So. <laughs> well, I was going to say, that, you know, the, the problem with the division is, you know, there's, there's a couple things. There's the injury bug that, that Sasha has suffered through that Alex brought up. There's the complete and total fumbling of Bailey's character since she's been on the main roster that, you know, you took somebody who truly was somebody that, that was believable as a white meat baby face, somebody that little girls actually looked up to, but they fumbled her character. And so she's got a lot of work to do in terms of rebuilding that character. You've got uh, somebody mm-hmm. like Nia, who I think Nia has the potential in a year or so to be the breakout star of this division, but she's not ready yet. Uh, and, and so we've got Alexa, who is probably the best selection because like Alex said, she's great on the mic. 
she's she's not at that top level yet in the ring, but she's improved. But man, when Oscar gets on Raw, that that is gonna be the that is gonna be the game changer, like you said, because Oscar is someone who has charisma, even though you know she doesn't speak a whole lot of English. She's one of the most charismatic women in the entire company. She's one of the best in ring in the entire company. And so I think when Oscar comes up, she's going to run through the division. Uh, they might protect Nia. Might be one of their long-term projects, but I see Oscar just being a buzzsaw and, and, and tearing through this division. And, and it's going to be like that first Oscar Alexa interaction. It, it's it's going to be great. I agree. Question is, when? When are we going to see Oscar make her debut now on Raw? I know she's still kind of getting over the injury that she she I guess she had an injury at the last uh, NXT show they did for it yeah for SummerSlam actually and yeah. I'm curious to see where they go with that so that's a very good point I just my whole thing was is I I just she's annoying if anything else I'm not digging it I just I have to I have to see something that catches my interest to pull me in and if anything I'm trying I'm trying to push away be like away from me child away and it's just it's just not working. For me, for me. Now, obviously, they see something in this that I'm not seeing, and then that's fine. I, who the hell am I anyway? But that's that's my take on it. Now, obviously, the reason I say Sasha this or whatever is because I saw potential in her to do it. And yes, there's been issues with with uh, the injuries oh. and blah blah blah. And most recently, yeah, yeah. With most recently, the fact that she, I've been, I've, I've, I've read that she's not very interactive with her with her fans, and yeah. <sighs> I take that with a grain of salt because you don't really know what the hell is really going on. But if that were the case, that's disappointing. Because she, she, she without the fans, who the hell are you? Wrestling, you know. Fans are, that's what people always have to remember. Exactly. Exactly. And as far as Nia Jax goes, this is my take on her. She, as Nate said, has the potential to be definitely one of the, the bigger, the breakout stars of maybe 2018. They're still working to her to, to, to be at that level. And, yes, she's for, for a very big woman, she can move around like a very light woman and has that power to back it up if need be. The problem with that is the division is not – it's not there's not a huge division there. SmackDown didn't have that huge division either, but they made do with what they had, and they made it work. <sighs> That's my take on the women's division. I just – I'm not a fan of the teenage annoying. God, that's just so boring. I just, you know, can't we just be BFFs? Come on, Nia, you and me just be BFFs. We'll just, you know, we'll have our match. You know, I still, you know, there's Nia and, and, and Alexa's show. And, oh, enough already. Go to your room. You know, Jesus. Here's, here's the thing, Phil. Oh, I, I, I think a lot of people might be uh, overlooking. You talk about interaction with fans and things of that nature. My prediction, you know, you talk about 2018 for Nia. I think Nia Jax has the potential to be a breakout babyface, man, because if, if you've seen her social media over the past week, like she was doing a lot of stuff with uh, uh, body positive sure. uh, conventions for girls and stuff, and then, like she has the potential, man, to, to be so much more than a current character, which doesn't really call for her to, to talk a lot and be expressive. Like I, I think once her in-ring catches up to her real personality and she can combine them both, she could be a, a, a really strong baby face in that division next year. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, me too. Now, 
Now, in regards to the tag team division, uh, whether it be Raw or SmackDown, my thing with that, Jesus, oh, I got already a reaction to mentioning tag teams. Oof. No, no, no. They haven't no, really I, been. I, I, I forgot to mention something um, real quick please, in please, there, please. real fast. Um, Ronda Rousey, and any speculation, guys? I mean, we've been seeing a lot of her. Yeah, oh, see, this is the other thing. Gonna happen yeah. She's going to be in WWE. Go ahead. I was gonna say, well, here's the other thing. Like, in terms of uh, Sasha and and planning forward, I think, and this might sound crazy, but I think Sasha's got something bigger on her plate down the road than the women's title. Because if you watched any of the Mae Young Classic and and seen Rousey and the the Four Horsewomen or her version of the Four Horsewomen there, that to me could, and and I think uh, Jason Agnew on Live Audio Wrestling was maybe one of the first people to bring this up. And I actually think it's a pretty interesting idea. If one of your top main events, you know, one of your top two or three matches on Survivor Series is the Rousey Four Horsewomen versus Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky, the WWE yep. Four Horsewomen in a, in a old school Survivor Series match. To me, that that's money right there. Okay. Yeah. No, I agree. You know, but but that's the thing. I mean, right now the Ronda Rousey thing is, is popping up everywhere. You just saw her, um, you know, uh, they just had her on, on, on SmackDown live. She was at the Las Vegas show. Uh, you've been seeing a lot of NXT, the Mae Young classic. You've been seeing her in WWE promo pictures after her show. Um, so many different things going on. When you look at it uh, at this point, something's going to happen. Could we eventually see one day Oscar versus Ronda Rousey? That would be great. If, if, if Ronda gets to that level, but, um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, it might be very well. Her debut could very well be like a four horsemen, I mean, four horsewomen versus four horsewomen kind of thing. But, that, I mean, maybe she'll be around in time for WrestleMania. You never know. But it's it's definitely right now there's there's a storm brewing, and it's Rowdy Ronda Rousey. <laughs> With MMA okay. thing taking over. Fair enough. <laughs> well... If that were the case, they would have already taken over. But I mean, they 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 get like I said, they have the highest of highs, and then there are some matches that people just don't give two shits about, and then they don't do much for it. They it is what it is. I mean, I don't think there's any there's really going to be anything that's truly going to be more powerful or more uh, alluring than the other because look what happened to football. I'll use football as a quick example. In the in, all these years. Football, football, football was dominating and it's still dominating to this day. But there was a time for a little while in the late 90s where football actually became number two because WWE was number one. The Monday Night Wars was number one. Right. So, you know, I just throw that out there because, you know, Nate and I grew up during that time. Nate, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Alex was still like a a, a, little, a little fella, a little fella back then. Even though he he may not remember the whole Attitude Era, you know, he may just watch it on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine, you know. But you know, he, he didn't grow up during that era. He was just he, he was just a little fella. Jesus. <laughs> you just never know what's going to be said on Pipe Bomb Radio, folks. But uh, we all oh, pick yeah. and pick at each other. But it's all good fun. It's all good fun. It's all good fun. You know, just like I joke yeah. about uh, with Nate when the, when the Stinger came in and, and had a really horrible run, and they just never saw him again. He rode off into the sunset. 
and we never saw him again and never got that match that we all wanted to see with him and The Undertaker. But, yeah, you know, it is what it is. But on the hey, flip side, Triple H before you, before, before you WrestleMania win. Yeah, right? As if he didn't have enough. But <laughs> then to you all, and even going back to Alex, and I'm sorry, I'm not Alex, but um, with uh, Austin and, and everybody else who's been on the show over the years, since The Undertaker lost the streak, I never hear the end of it. Since he walked off into the sunset, I never hear the end of it. So, mm-hmm. yes, no. joyful bashing here and there. We have a good time, don't we? I think we do. Oh, sorry, that was boneheaded. Sorry. I'm calling Jeremy out on Facebook. He just said we need the authors of Pain to debut on SmackDown right now. If you think that, you need to go stick your head in the toilet and flush it because it's not happening. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. No way. No. Come on, man. You've been saying some well, good see, things. Well, see, now, that begs, a, that begs the question, though, Alex. Hold on. That begs the question, though, because for a long time, Paul Heyman was really the only – quote unquote and I put the finger quotes up manager type that they've had around for a while. And now obviously Paul Ellering, who was another one from that era back in the back in the in the in the company again. I mean could we see this team debut not anytime soon, but if they do debut, does is Ellering a part of the package? Does he appear on Raw or SmackDown? Does yeah, he, does this guy have another run left in him? I think, I think, yeah. I mean, yeah. Of course, he's got another. I mean, right now he's part of the authors of pain. Right now he has that run. You know, he's a part of what they're doing. So I mean, you can't just have them two and not have Paul Ellering. Um, uh, I think right now it's stranger you know, things right No, I know, I know, I know. And uh, you know, I, I think you know when the time comes, we'll see. I mean, but right now they they still have uh, you know a lot of work uh, before they get to the main roster, and I think they got to ride out what they're doing over there at NXT. But um, yeah, no, I'm not talking about – I'm not going to waste my time to talk about the Office of Pain right now. There's other things to, to hit on. So, tag team division, let's go. Uh, Raw, SmackDown. Well, that was technically tag team division question, though, if you think about it. Yeah, but uh, – yeah. <laughs> Now, there hasn't been – gosh, I think there was oh, – that to me, personally – since Nate and I come from that era, I really tag team wrestling for me was truly at its best in the late eighties, mid nineties, somewhat. I'm going back in there. <laughs> I know, I know. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. Obviously, you had teams like the Heart Foundation, the Rockers, Demolition, the Powers of Pain, the Power and Glory. Uh, you know, I can go on and on. Right now on Raw, I, I, it's almost it's just hey, I just have to loosen my collar a little bit because it's getting. It's a little. It's just the same four teams going at it. There's more. There has to be more tag teams. And then they throw in Rhino and 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 Heath Slater, and that's not even a relevant tag team. But even though they were champions, but there hasn't been. That's another thing. For the longest time, Nate and I would talk. We talk about this too. But the longest time, the tag team division on Raw revolved around the New Day. And even I wondered how long. How long was this sideshow? Crap was going to end up run, 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 continuing on, and they moved it over to SmackDown. Refreshing, yes, but it's basically the same spiel on a different brand. The tag team division hasn't been been much in a long time. Yeah, you know, I, we we've talked about this probably for the last six to eight months. I mean, because I, I clearly remember the conversations we had. Um, 
when at one sure. point the tag team division was just a complete soup sandwich. I mean, that thing was just all over the place. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, they think, hey, let's let's bring back Shades of the Shield. And, yeah, I, I think it's working out pretty well so far. But, I mean, ultimately I think I know what everybody's waiting for and everyone's waiting to see um, the, the Broken Hardys come back. But, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just hard because it's, it's – if it's not the New Day and and the New Day and the Usos going back and forth, I mean, think about it. You have Chad Gable now and you have uh, Shelton Benjamin, which is very entertaining, and I think that they're going to be able to do something with that. Um, but, but what about Raw? I mean, you have the Hardys. You have, um, you have um, Sheamus and Cesaro. Then you have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. You still have Gallows and Anderson. So, I mean, you have – those four guys that keep going back and forth, um, the revival just fell off. I mean, who knows where the hell they are. I mean, maybe dealing with the young bucks or something. I don't know, but, uh, you know, (laughs) the the revival is more, more Twitter famous because the young bucks than anybody else. Um, but they haven't been around. So, I mean, what, what do you do? What do you do right now? I mean, because everything that they've been doing is not working and don't get me wrong. I think everybody loves the Hardys, but I'm telling you, the reason, the reason that I think that it's crucial that the Hardys get to this broken gimmick soon is because I think it'll bring relevance. And if they can do what they were doing on TNA and around the world as the broken Hardys, because yet again, Matt Hardy just teased it on YouTube again. Um, you know, it, it's at this point, I mean, it, it's going to add relevance because everybody's going to want to see what they're going to do. They want to see those Matt Hardy promos. They want to see the craziness that he's going to bring. That's what everybody wants. And, um, I mean, hopefully WWE doesn't do anything too much to, to change it. But, again, right now it's, it, it's the same thing. It's the same thing that we've been seeing for the longest time. I mean, everything. It's like the same teams that we've been talking about six to eight months ago, and it's gone nowhere. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just don't, you know, the, the whole – the whole uh, fashion police thing. I mean, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> that that's Rhino. Rhino and Heath Slater. We know, we get it. You have kids, and Rhino loves cheese crackers. Cheese crackers. I get it. Um, who else yet? I, I mean, right now, Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin have potential to do something really special. Uh, the Usos are doing fantastic. So is the New Day with their matches. That quality's been good. Um, for the love of God, the the the, the hype bros. I mean, please just end it now. Um, what else you have? Put it out of this misery. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's you know, and here's here's another thing. So, uh, somebody said you know they should have kept DIY together. I love DIY because you know you have DIY could have definitely been um, something that could have went to the main roster and been very entertaining because of the their style of wrestling. But could have everybody else kept up with them? Who knows? It just seems everything. Every tag team division that has jumped over from NXT has just been a little. I mean, even the Ascension. Yeah, I got. I was get. Hey, look, I was getting there to the the Ascension people. People are online like the Ascension. The Ascension. I'm getting there, man. <laughs> My mouth only goes so fast. Um, but yeah, the Ascension. They were supposed to be the next like demonic big old structure. Blah, 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 the whole thing. Nope. Ascension. Well, JBL, they're eating the hell. Yeah, they're 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 eating pie and donuts or whatever in the fashion files. I mean, Jesus. So, I mean, what do you have left? What do you have left? You know, American Alpha they split it. 
The the Vaudevillains gone. The the revival nowhere to be seen. Fashion police um, pretending to be cross dressers. Uh, you have Heath Rider, uh, Heath Slater, and Rhino. I mean, they're just there. I mean, wh- where where do we go? Where do we go? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, they, the Hardys need to become broken, and they need to get broken soon. Yeah, I think one one of the big problems is uh, the the divisions are unbalanced. Like on Raw, it feels yeah. like you got too many teams. Where on SmackDown, it feels like you've got too few teams or too few things that matter. And I think they could have done some things, you know, when they brought Jordan over to Raw, they should have, instead of, you know, Shelton Benjamin being the guy that uh, Daniel Bryan got back. And I think, you know, they they could have told the Shelton Benjamin story separate from, you know, him being the piece he got back for Benjamin. They should have got a tag team from Raw and, and maybe done something to shake up the divisions. Because, yeah, other than the New Day and the Usos and now Benjamin and uh, Gable, it's, it's, it's a very weak division. And I think one of the things that bothers me with the New Day is they're, they're very much in a catch-22. Like, I think they're, they're victims of their own success. Like, they're still very much doing the same shtick they were doing on Raw, which is, it's okay. It's, it's not as fresh as it was. But it still gets the crowd involved. It still sells a lot of T-shirts and, and ice cream bars, if you will. But, man, I look at somebody, particularly like Big E, and we were talking about, you know, guys getting opportunities, you know, like a Ziggler or like a Jinder Mahal. Um, you know, you look at somebody like Braun Strowman on Raw, who they're really doing big things with now. To me, Big E is a guy that if you want somebody to build around for the next five years or so, ten years, Big E is, is that guy. You know, he can wrestle. He's got the look. He, he's got the, the personality. I think they're, they're, losing, they're leaving money on the table by not putting Big E in a, in a bigger spot on SmackDown. Uh, but, yeah, the tag team division, it's, it's a problem. Uh, I, 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 like Alex, want to see the broken or woken or whatever adjective they use to describe the new Hardys uh, in this company. I, I, I want to see that. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I really hope that this is 90% Matt Hardy and 10% WWE and not the other way around or even 50-50 because we've seen what happens when the WWE tries to do the Broken Hardy stuff, like that Wyatt compound thing or the uh, the House of Horrors match. Like We've seen what happens when they get a little too creative. So hopefully if, they, if and when we do get to the Broken Universe, uh, Matt is the guy with his hand on the pin more so than the company. Right. I have to I have to throw in an objection there because here's the thing. I agree with you in the sense with the, the broken hearty gimmick and so forth. But as long as Vince McMahon is breathing on this planet, <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'll tell you why. Because that man changes his mind at the drop of a hat. And if something don't look right, he's... He, he, Nope, I don't want to do it. They're done. Uh-uh, let's call them the Woken, the, the woken Hardy. They've woken up from whatever bullshit. Uh, it's not going to happen <laughs> because the thing is is that they, they might let it come in and work for maybe a cup of coffee with the Woken gimmick, and then tomorrow Vince will be like, nope, it don't work for me. So, you know, let's change it up a little bit. Let's, let's make it more entertaining, and then they make it a complete freaking joke. I'm sorry. I, I, I it no. 
it, it, it's not going to happen as long as Vincent Man is still breathing on this planet. You don't you don't think it's going to? I will be very surprised. I will be very surprised if that if I'm wrong on that instance. If I'm wrong, I will admit it. But I won't. I I, I doubt I am. Here's here's the thing you got to look at. Okay, so why if if McMahon didn't want to go the broken route, then why would you bring the Hardys back to the WWE? Because he did. They didn't bring him. Hunter back. brought him. Okay, so why would they bring? Okay, regardless who brought him, why would they bring him back? They're not going to bring him back to bring him back to what wasn't getting him over. They brought him back to. to That's what they did. Bring him for. What they're going to do is they brought him back and kind of toned him down again, but it's to build it back up because, again, if you give everybody – if you're giving everybody just a whole box of pizza, then what what does anybody have to work for? What are they going to – what are they going to be up for? No? So okay. you're going to bring okay. him back, tone him down a little bit. They're giving him a couple of slices like, hey, okay, but we want the rest of it. Like we want – you just gave him a cheese pizza. We want pepperoni. We want – give us a meat lovers. Give us everything. You know, they – they're gonna build and make us hungry for it, so when it happens, they can pace. You it. keep talking about but food. I'm gonna have you send me a damn pizza now. Stop talking about food. Sorry. <laughs> pizza is bay, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, real that's quick, I, I do think, I, I do think that Hunter, particularly in terms of WWE management, like Hunter wants the broken gimmick. Like, I, I don't think he would have signed them if that gimmick. But I think. This man would be perfectly fine for the Hardys to just be who they were and, and to get whatever merch he can sell off of, particularly Jeff Hardy. Because I, I think this mm-hmm. man in his heart of hearts really doesn't see the value in Matt that most people do. Uh-huh. I think Jeff is still the money guy for Vince, but, you know, he's, he's Vince is Vince. Vince is always going to be Vince for better or for worse. Uh, but I, I would mm-hmm. hope that that the right people are in his ear and would let him know, hey, this is something that can actually be fresh and be different and actually make more money in the long run than just having these 40-year-old dudes, you know, play characters that they played 15 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, because the has been wrestling for over 20 years, but yeah. You know, no, and that's the only reason why I stayed. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong in the sense that Vince might be convinced if he sees mm-hmm. that it, it, you know, the slow progression as Alex is putting uh, out there that you know they build it into something like that. And I mean, initially they throw us hints with the delete, 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 and you know the hair is still there and all that. And yes, I believe Vince does not see money in that. I agree with that. Uh, it's just a matter of time, but just like where we're going to go because I know ultimately the Hardys are going to retire in WWE. I don't, think, I don't think that he doesn't see money in it. It's just a matter of time, like. But I mean, then again, you gotta. I mean, what's what's working right now? And what what isn't? You know, I mean, there's obviously you can tell what's through reaction. And again, it's like the word of the day: reaction. What is getting over and what's not? So I mean, yeah. Anytime the Hardys come out, it's great. You know, the whole the whole build up. Think about it. The buildup for Rollins and Ambrose to team up again is was was probably more more of a buildup in that. That was what everybody wanted to see, and it was drawing more ratings than now them as an actual tag team. Because what are they doing? Fighting Sheamus and Cesaro. They already wrestled um, Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy. So pretty much, what what, what else is left? 
What else is left? Who are you going to wrestle now? I mean, you're in a feud with, with Sheamus and Cesaro. You beat them already. Then the very, like, next night, I mean, they're wrestling the Hardys, and they've already wrestled the Hardys a couple times. So, I mean, who else can you possibly wrestle? They wrestled Gallows and Anderson, and they beat them. So, it's like you basically threw everybody at them, so what's left to go with? You know, who, who, what, who's left for them to beat, you know? You have to put a super team together. Something. <laughs> Don't put it past them to put Roman and, and Cena together as a tag team when Cena comes back and filming, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord. Stranger things have happened. You know this. <sighs> yeah, yeah, you're right. However, uh, do we have any more questions or anything that uh, from your your live feed at this point? As we start to wind down, we're down in the final ten minutes of the show. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Um, Casey Jones just commented that they're eventually seeing a heel turn from Dean Ambrose, which I mean, I think it's that's due in time. I mean, I think that's actually going to be um, that, that's a, that's actually a very good good statement. I mean, I think it's going to happen. I mean, kind of like uh, yeah. karma. And why, why, it makes perfect sense for Dean to turn at some point, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So, and and, and the uh, champion on SmackDown. Well, and then the other thing is, like, I think Seth is at a place where the babyface character is finally clicking. And unfortunately for Dean, like, the last year of lunatic yeah. babyface Dean Ambrose hadn't really, hadn't really hit. <laughs> no, that's, 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 no. Nah. It's yeah, time would, to uh, tune it up a little bit and make him a little bit more crazier. Right. Or something. Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. I mean, at this point, it's just it's, now it's just become kind of stale. And, um, you know, and, 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 yeah, I mean, the whole Dean thing is, is at this point is just kind of like, uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he's you know, still entertaining, but... It, he's the one now. Time to to turn and and get probably crazier, I guess. So, but hey, only time will tell. Right now, we got to just focus on them being tag team champions and wrestling the same three teams over and over again. <laughs> well, I actually wanted to mention uh, since it came to mind, I remember talking with you guys about this uh, in regards to Braun Strowman. <laughs> Now, I remember when he, he started to make his debut, uh, pulling, they were pulling him away from the, the Wyatt family and so forth, and I'm like, okay, this is just not going to work. I'm not feeling it. He's going to remind me of the hip-hop hippo of uh, Albert way back when, and they're going to make him this bumbling, fumbling idiot that just ain't going to get over, and they're just going to use him as a joke. And I'm pleasantly surprised to see that they have not. Now, he's improved in a lot of ways, and I'm curious to see if, because I know the way they're making it sound, Lesnar is not going to be on TV much longer after uh, No Mercy. Maybe not at all. Maybe they'll put the title on Braun Strowman. I have to say still, well, they did. But I have to say, first off, I'm not a fan of the actual universal title because to me that just sounds ridiculous. But (laughs) whatever. Uh, Braun Strowman, has he earned it? No. But they need somebody to get the title off of, of, Bron- of Brock Lesnar if Brock Lesnar is going to be gone for a little bit. Because to keep it on him and he's going to take some time away from TV, what the hell is the point of having a champion on Raw if he's never going to be there? I mean, hell, we've yeah. all said that numerous times over the last several months since he won it. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I mean, you can't. I mean, sometimes it's not so much of did you earn it. I mean, you know, it's just what the crowd. No, no, it's, no, and I agree with that. Yeah. The yeah, statement, I agree. The statement being made right now is Braun Strowman's uh, an unbeatable monster unless you're in a match with Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns is the only one who can beat you, right? So, um, but then again, it's just I don't know. I mean, right now, it makes sense for Strowman to be the one to take the title from. Um, from Brock Lesnar. Now, here's another thing. You got to look at the whole situation where, where's Samoa Joe been? He's been off air for a little while. What's next for Samoa Joe? Sure. Um, you know, last we saw him, they were in that, that big old, like that tag match and whatnot, you know, when he came up and fucked up to John Cena and whatnot. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Samoa Joe's still in there somewhere. But, I mean, once Braun wins, he's going to hang on to that title for a while until the next person's ready to take it. I mean, everyone's waiting to see to see Finn Balor regain the title, but they got him in that crazy storyline with Bray Wyatt where it's just like lately everything that Bray Wyatt's touched has gone to sleep pretty much. I mean, everything's just been over the top and just not, not doing what they want to do. You know, it's like we talk about the gimmicks and the character and the believability – is Bray Wyatt really that believable at this point? So, and, and now I don't blame, I mean, I don't blame Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, the best part of Bray Wyatt, the only thing that's getting over is JoJo, but hey, that's, oh, I should never went there. Hey. <laughs> oh, Pike. oh, burn. oh. No, and he's the thing with Bray Wyatt, though. The the thing with Bray Wyatt is that he has a believable character. He's had it with over what four years, but every chance that they put him in high profile matches to get him over, this is another situation where I, I honestly feel that the company does not have any faith in this man. Now hold on, I'm not done yet because they attempted to have faith in him when he became the SmackDown champion for a minute, and but he's got the kind of character that makes you want to listen, makes you want to watch him, but they've never evolved him from anything other than that, or even given him an opportunity to propel to the next level, putting him in these high profile matches against Cena, Jericho, Undertaker, uh, you know, just list goes on. Kane, this goes on and on. And they, nothing. He loses almost every time. And then, so what the hell is the point? You're going to try to put him on there as a believable character and, and never get him over or never give him the opportunity to get to that next level to work at that the the, the main event level, then then and then people are going to sit there and criticize the man or, or whatever. It's you know it's not so much that I believe in the character, it's so much of how they build him up to the audience, and that's the part that's disappointing to me, because they they came in and he had this this amazing character that made oh gosh I can't draw a blank with the dude's name but. When they did this back in the 90s, help me out, Nate. I can't remember the name. Waylon Mercy. Uh, it was uh, Waylon Mercy. At that time, just wasn't working. But they took it to a new level for this generation, and it worked. And it seemed like when he was going to make his debut, this was going to be something oh, you, you had to watch what they were going to do. And they had the highs to highs, and he's been just dealing in the drizzling, you know, where? I agree. For the lowest of lows. It's a shame. I'm sorry, it's just disappointing to watch because he's got a hell of a lot of talent. That family bloodline is talented like you wouldn't believe. Even Elio. Elio was just saying about how, how 
you know, they, they were supposed to bring in Sister Abigail, and that that kind of went down for why, you know. I mean, yeah. that would have made it that would have made it pretty interesting, you know. I got Casey in here saying that, um, you know, Bray even Bray Wyatt should disappear for a little bit and come back, not repackaged but reestablished because Bray is just kind of hanging in these storylines. It's like he needs to just take a couple months back away and then come back as the person they want him to be. But you know, well, that, that, that's the problem. They that's that. the problem. They do that because, when Jack passed away. So I, I think the problem you talk, you know, you're talking about taking him away and bringing him back as the person they want him to be. I don't know if they know what they want him to be because if you look at almost every single Bray Wyatt feud, they start off great. There's always a big opening angle or an opening story at the start of every Bray Wyatt feud. But yeah. it's, it's almost downhill from, from the start. You know, every Bray Wyatt feud starts strong and, and, and kind of, you know, sputters to the end, sputters to the finish line. And so I think that the Bray Wyatt character will continue on this path until you get somebody that figures out what to do with him, somebody that figures out how we can make this mystical character work in this universe and – Honestly, I think the the best person to help Bray Wyatt with that, and it goes back to a conversation we were just having, is somebody like a Matt Hardy, who who's a creative thinker and can can think with some fresh ideas in in terms of how to properly position somebody. Like I I don't think you can book this Bray Wyatt character using traditional means. Like you've got, you know, you've you've got to figure out some way to make him mystical, but also make him believable. And that's a hard line to walk, to be sure. But they've, they've kind of I – don't, I don't think they've ever really accurately been able to walk that line. And that's why, to me, Bray Wyatt is somebody that, even though he's more talented than Braun Strowman, Braun Strowman is a million times more credible right now than Bray Wyatt, and it's because they booked yeah. him right. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you what, guys. Let's let's continue this conversation on to another show. It's been two hours, if you can believe it. It kind of just flew by there. But we had talked them. There's a lot of different topics. And I think it definitely uh, made for interesting conversation tonight. But um, let's start to wind it down and uh, give the listeners an idea of where, where we're going to be in the next couple of weeks until our next show. And Nate, let's let's start with you, man, because it seems like every time I turn around, you're doing you're, you're broadcasting somewhere else. So fire away, my friend. How can people follow you? Where are you going to be at? What's coming up? Uh, yes, my brother. Another fun episode of Pipe Bomb Radio in the books. And uh, if you want more from me, I am the uh, gender mahal of the, the, the broadcasting world. Oh, Jesus. Uh, Jesus. A, because I'm in fantastic physical shape. Uh, B, because uh, some people don't feel like uh, I deserve my spot, but I've worked hard for it, damn it. And, and C, because I'm huge in India. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at uh, in the number eight M O Z A I K at Nate Mosaic on Twitter. You can catch me on Kings of Sport with Marcus Vanderberg. We recently had our two hundredth episode. Uh, you can also hear me on Live Audio Wrestling's uh, Keep It Two Thousand, which is a WCW Nitro review show uh, where we're going through all the episodes of Monday Nitro from the year two thousand. That's on Live Audio Wrestling. I'm on Main Event. On Pipe Bomb Radio, we got another new show coming up this week where we're looking to have uh, Brad Stutz on to uh, talk some uh, CWF wrestling. And we'll also 
uh, give our No Mercy preview early uh, on main event. So we got main event, we got Keeper 2000, we got Kings of Sport. Uh, I got high school football now that's back on the air, NNPSTV.com. I got some other secret projects in the works. Uh, and, of course, I'm here uh, with Felix and uh, my my uh, son on uh, Pipe Bomb Radio uh, every other week. You got it. All right. And, Alex, uh, let's Let's get your uh, let's get your take. Where are you, where are you going to be? Uh, how can people keep up with you? Because you definitely got a fan base, just like Nate. So fill us in, my man. This is uh, this, this is where I follow in the footsteps of my my, my dad, uh, Nate Milton. Who, uh, by the way, for people who are listening, um, it was revealed shortly after uh, Jason Jordan and the Kurt Angle thing that Nate Milton is actually my my father. So um, I'm very uh, things have been great. But okay, where can you catch me coming? Up? Uh, <laughs> I will be uh, I will be in Wisconsin coming on the uh, in, in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin on the 23rd of September. Uh, back from Lucha Lucha 13 in Atlanta, Georgia, in October uh, 7th and 8th. Then October 14th is uh, our company Elevate Pros one year anniversary, where I will be there. Um, you guys can also follow me on all forms of social media. I make it nice and simple for the viewers and the people who just don't understand how to work stuff. It is at Alex Cruz Nation on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, at Alex Cruz Nation, A-L-E-X-C-R-U-Z-N-A-T-I-O-N. Also, we are working on the Elevate Pro Together We Rise campaign where we are going into different schools and um, sending some positive motivation and a, and, a, and a positive message to all the young kids that are uh, that are growing up and need a little guidance and, and and a little self-acceptance and to, to believe in themselves and to dream big. And um, obviously, Elevate Pro Performance Center, we are located in Miro, Louisiana. We uh, are training three times a week, three hours a day, running shows every two months. So we are also uh, probably going to run a little bit more now in a different area. So we're, we're doing all types of things, man. We're, we're keeping busy and we're having fun enjoying the ride. But, again, follow me on everything at Alex Cruz Nation. You can follow my life, my food, my journey, my obstacles, my gym, everything. Everything I do, you can follow me. So um, just don't follow me like in bushes and stuff and get real creepy about it, but follow me on social media. That's what it's for. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So what was that again? Alex Cruz Nation again? I mean, it's A-L-E-X-C-R-U-Z-N-A-T-I-O-N. Okay, I think, I, I think they got it covered now. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate that. <laughs> you got it. Now, as far as Pipe Bomb Radio goes, we are still on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're, if I'm not mistaken, Elio says we're pretty much on, on some other thing as well. Obviously, we I can't think of the name of it. Sorry, Elio. Um, we went Facebook Live tonight. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. I think the next time we come yep. back on, if we're doing a, a forum like this, uh, Nate, maybe he'd be willing to go on live, or we could see how it goes for me. I don't know about that, but if anything, let me just have Alex do it each week because he's definitely got a big following and he's got crazy fans. No, no, no offense, he's got a lot of fans. <laughs> so they're, they're getting riled up, man. They're riled up on here. And, and look, when when think about just just think about this, Nate. Soon we're going to be the most over podcasting show in India because of Nate. So we're almost there, man. We're about to make it big. Oh my God! Yeah, and stop polishing oh, up on your poon jam, Felix. 
Oh, yeah, baby. You feel it. We're fired up. We're mejor, me, mejor, me, mejor me quedo con mi español. Mejor me quedo con mi español. Thank you very much. So, there you go. So, a little Spanish for the show tonight. So he just basically, people, this is what Mr. Uh, Felix Olmedo just said, that not only are we going to be the most over-podcast in India, we're going to be the most over-podcast in South America and also in the United States of America. So we are, we're rolling. Oh, we're, we're all the nationalities. Ideal, This from the same guy that's from San Jose, Costa Rica. Thank you very much. Hey, and, and guess what? We're gonna be over. We're gonna be in Canada, okay? We're gonna be in Canada too, because I have I I know Canadians, so we'll get there too. I would hope you do. <laughs> Anyways, guys, too. yeah, we definitely gotta wrap it up. But uh, yes, Pipe Bomb Radio is on. So please give us a rating. Let us know what you think, how you felt about the show tonight, or just in general. If we annoy you, please tell us anything. You know, we'd love to hear back. Feedback is always welcome. So, in the meantime, on behalf of uh, the, the team here, Alex and uh, Nate, and, of course, our, our boy Elio, uh, thanks for all you guys do. We should be back here in a couple of weeks. And I think that about covers it. So, from all of us here at Pipe Bomb Radio, to say to all of you, we say keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Good night, everybody. Thank you again for joining us this week. Y'all have a great night. Night, guys. All right. The tower of power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Ooh, yeah. Right now.